Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We It's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are popping, to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but maybe afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. No holes barred radio, folks. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, politics, Donald Trump, film, TV, and UFC. And here we are with a man that's all important to the UFC. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com Teams. Not me, but John Anik, the commentator extraordinaire, my good friend. John, how are you? I'm doing well, my friend. I, I just saw you, and I will see you in a couple days. It's uh, a crazy stretch, and uh, we'll have it no other way, I guess, you know. Well, we're road warriors, my friend, and brothers on the road. I look forward to it. This weekend is huge. we got my partner here, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? I'm good, Buff. I'm good. Uh, you, you all right? Uh, back from, uh, you know, working in my home state, but not only as a ring announcer, uh, security guard. John Anik, he, Buffer's a force to be reckoned with. You see that? <laughs> Uh, well, he is a jack of all trades, and you're just reminding me now that I forgot to mention, at least on our podcast, that we were in CJ DeSantis' hometown. I mean, what a colossally missed opportunity that was on Monday. But, uh, but yes, Buffer playing the role of referee, and people don't understand what type of shape this guy is in. Uh, dad's strength doesn't even begin to describe it, and if Buffer needs to get in the way of two athletes, uh, you know he'll do it, whether he's wearing a purple jacket or not. <laughs> well, I thought the purple jacket would scare him. But, you know, when they get too close like that, you never know what's going to happen. Paul Craig is a total gentleman. Uh, Menafield, he was totally a cool cat. But you never know. And they're not supposed to get that close. If anything, the commission should have stepped in and separated them when they were even five feet apart. I was on an angle that Herb couldn't get in as quickly as I could. So I just took it upon myself to keep the decorum in the octagon, which is my job, and um, just make the announcement and let them go to war for real when the bell rings. So all good. They're very, uh, it, was, it was exciting. I loved it. Always a good moment in the UFC. But we were in the land of Minnesota, the land of snow and purple rain. Thanks to TJ for giving me that line. It went off big, TJ. The audience reacted to it. And I thank you very much. Write my material anytime you want, my friend. But with that being said, we came off the ESPN show this weekend. Very exciting show. Francis Ngannou, a force to be reckoned with, a beast. 
um, demolished Junior Dos Santos in the short period of time that he did. Everybody's talking about him. There's not much more that can be said, but we'll see who he come up against. John, quick question. D.C. Cormier, Francis Agano, real quick. How do you see it? Well, I think it's the toughest matchup in the division, which isn't saying much for Francis Ngannou. But we still don't know what type of development he has done because his last fights have gone, you know, 222 or whatever it is. But prevailing wisdom is that not only will Ngannou's conditioning be better when he faces a Stipe or a Cormier, uh, but everything else will be better, too. He's leaner. He's quicker. Uh, his fight IQ has gone up. Look no further than the fact that he opened right away with those low kicks and immediately gave Junior Dos Santos something something to think about so uh you know i i think a lot of people would expect dc would be about a two-to-one favorite against Nganu. uh and maybe Stipe would be favored to beat him too uh based upon their first meeting but to me you know our colleague zach candido put it best scariest five minutes in sports right now uh is francis Nganu round one of a ufc heavyweight fight absolutely now i did see a little kink in his armor if it's a kink or just the way it happened that at that moment but he took a leg kick and he went down you know, I didn't catch it if he tried to check it or whatever, but he definitely went down on sure. that leg kick for Junior. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying he's a he's a, a perfect fighter. He's certainly a flawed fighter. He's got three pro losses. Uh, but, man, he don't even have to hit you clean and uh, make you want no more. But I do think for, for Dos Santos, he didn't absorb these massive concussive blows that are going to stick with him, right? I think he lived to fight another day and sort of felt that forearm and thought, you know, this isn't going to end well. Let me just take my wounds and move on to the next one. So I, I still think Dos Santos is, is more relevant than, than people realize in this heavyweight pecking order. But, uh, yeah, Ngannou is uh, all the rage, and, and rightfully so. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, Dos Santos, as well as Ngannou, are fan favorites. Dos Santos walking out to the theme music from Rocky is always one of my favorite buildups to a fight. Can't wait to see him walk in the octagon again. Joseph Benavides. Uh, being dominated in the first round, in my opinion, and the second round coming back, like, amazing against the number one contender, uh, Formiga, and Benavides proving victorious. I thought that was an, one of the best fights of the night. I love that fight. Hey, by the way, just a yeah. little random FM nugget of history. On this day in 1977, Gonna Fly Now was the number one song in America. Awesome. Thank, still one of my favorites. Thank God you're here. I know. Thank God you're this here. Is what I, this is what I <laughs> added to this program. <laughs> Well, there was well, a lot as about. As far as I'm Go concerned, ahead. you know, Benavidez is a is a Hall of Fame talent, and I'm not sure his body of work is ever going to get the credit it deserves unless he breaks through and wins the UFC flyweight championship. But um, you know, what a stud, right? And he showed you once again, and he's got a nastiness to him. You know, we talk about Francis Ngannou, this gentle giant. You know, he's a nasty prick in there, right? He has a mean streak, and Joseph certainly does. You heard him say in his post-fight interview with me in the Octagon that he didn't eat on fight day, right? Went in there like a rabid dog, and, and everything he threw was with fight any intentions. And uh, I think a fight with Henry Cejudo, a rematch, makes a lot of sense. You remember they fought the first time, split decision win for Benavidez, but a point was taken away from Henry Cejudo. A lot of people Octagon side thought Cejudo should have won that fight. I will say no comment as far as my scorecard is concerned, but my appetite... Uh, for that fight is certainly bigger than it was going into Saturday night. Absolutely. I'm with you all the way. Amazing that he did not eat before that fight on Saturday. I can't even fathom that, but that was his choice and it worked as far as Henry Cejudo. Uh, he's out, if I'm not incorrect for six to nine months with a shoulder injury. So what do you, what do you see is going to happen in flyweight? I, do you think there's going to be another, uh, uh, interim belt or are we going to wait for Cejudo to come back? Well, the next time I see Joseph, I will assuredly tell him to sit back and wait 
for some sort of opportunity to win a belt, even if it's an interim situation like Dustin Poirier. You know, you get that UFC belt at your house for life. So I'd like right. to see Joseph hold out for that. I do think if they keep the flyweight division around, an interim flyweight title fight makes sense. But this is a division that's sort of on life support. They cut a lot of credentialed guys and even exciting guys that were just getting going in the promotion, like Jose Shorty Torres, you know. So for me, I, I don't know if the writing isn't still on the wall for the flyweight division. And with Cejudo's sort of have one eye, if not two of them, on the bantamweight division, you know, I, I don't know where uh, Benavidez and Formiga and everybody else goes from here. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. I think the division has merit, but, you know, they cut a lot of good guys. Absolutely. And speeding through this, because I want to get on to UFC 239, the standouts in the night. I thought Drew Dober fought an excellent fight. Alonzo Menafield still holding on to his O as an undefeated fighter. Really looking forward to where his career takes him. Your boy Eric Anders coming in. A uh, lot of good fights. It was just nonstop excitement. And uh, TJ, your hometown, Minneapolis, Minnesota, I'm telling you that the fans were rabid. They were excited. It was a pleasure I, to appear and perform for them. I love hearing it because this is the same venue that didn't sell out for UFC 87 when it was headlined by George St. Pierre against John Fitch and Brock Lesnar was on the card. And that was really in the the heyday of the UFC's boom. And and not that the popularity of the brand is, has worn off all that much. What I am saying, though, is during that time, UFC was selling out, you know, in, in minutes when they would go to a market for the first time. And that wasn't the case. And uh, I tuned in, was watching uh, live on, on Saturday and was happy to hear uh, a very big uh, pop uh, for, the, for the first uh, We Are Live from you, Buffer. And, and that's great. I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, Minnesota is representing as a fight community. Yeah, it was awesome. They had me pumped. Two other standouts from the night. Uh, go ahead, John. Criticize me on this one. Uh, Dalsha. Langiambula. Did I get it right that time? You did not, but that's okay. Say uh, <laughs> Go for it, John. Give it to us. Dalsha Lungiambula. I'm just so glad you acknowledged the Minnesota crowd because as far as domestic crowds are concerned, per capita, per human being in there, this was a very loud crowd. It was a very intelligent crowd, even if not a sold-out crowd. So uh, shout-out to Minneapolis. Shout out to Dalsha Lungiambula and shout out to his last second type replacement, Dequan Townsend, who fought his ass off in defeat. You know, this was such a good night, top to bottom, that there, there are losers, right? Losing fighters we could talk about, like Journey Newsom making his UFC debut and giving Ricardo Hamos everything he could possibly handle. Mm-hmm. Seven knockouts and 12 fights. Everybody brought it. Great crowd. Uh, one of the more memorable nights, I think, for me over last year. And a lot of these shows can have a tendency to run into one another. But, you know, my first time working with Michael Bisping and uh, a great show. It was uh, a special evening and, and one I'm not going to forget anytime soon. And, and certainly for Lungi Ambula, looks the part, man. Looks like he belongs. So we'll see what happens in his next fight if they give him a step up. But uh, it was it was a great night top to bottom for sure. Lungi Ambula. Nope. Lungi Ambula. Nope. Yeah, there nope, you nope. go. It's just no, not Lungi Ambula. You, you got it. It's just a Lungi Ambula. Lungi Ambula. Practice makes perfect. I got it. And Maurice, Maurice Green, got to give him a little credit. Looking forward to seeing him come in and fight again. Right on the first card of the night against Junior Albini. Heavyweights going at it. And again, just like with uh, Nganu and Dos Santos and everybody in the heavyweight division, you get touched, you can go down. These are big boys. Speaking of which, let's get into the UFC 239. This card Ooh. is stacked. Stacked. Um, starting with the Jones-Tiago Santos fight, John Jones being on the show last week, very honest and um, 
very open about his uh, opinions on how the fight would go and, and even admits the fact that he could lose. You never know. He doesn't take anybody lightly. Um, he's taking him seriously, and we will see how that turns out. Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes. Uh, we're talking about the Bantamweight division. Amanda Nunes has shown issues in the past with cyanitis, getting down to weight for Bantamweight. John, take it off and tell me about this fight. I'm just so excited for this entire fight card. It really came together beautifully, and that doesn't always happen, right? But we're loaded, obviously, for International Fight Week and sort of a last-ditch type of fight for Holly Holm, and it feels weird to say that because her body of work largely is so good. She's lost four of six since the Ronda Rousey fight, but you can also say she's won two of her last three. And I think you're going to get just a, a last, ditch type effort out of Holly Holm at this stage of her career. You know, there have been some shortcomings in big spots, obviously. Um, but I think they'll really put it all out there. I don't think they're going to be afraid to get knocked out. And you know she's got long-range weapons. You know she's got power. I think they're going to try to extend Amanda Nunes a little bit, which is certainly easier said than done. Um, but the betting odds su suggest that she's very much up against it, and I don't know that I disagree with that. Amanda Nunes is a cold-blooded assassin and the best women's mixed martial arts fighter and striker that I've ever seen. So with American top team behind her, their ability to strategize and adjust, uh, as long as Amanda Nunes is in shape, um, as much as I can say it as a play-by-play -play guy, I think it's her fight to lose. And some interesting news came out yesterday uh, over the Internet that Nina Azaroff, a uh, fellow UFC fighter, fellow contender, and her girlfriend and partner, uh, that she's 100% down to fight Amanda if they were face off against each other. That would be interesting. Boy, the media and the marketing people would have a heyday with that. How do you feel about that one? I mean, to me, fighters fight. So I know those women so well, and it's only for Nina because so much of her life is rooted in physical contact with that woman, right? She's her, uh, you know, not her primary sparring partner, but they help each other when it comes to the preparation, you know, for them to have a life-changing payday for their life together and do it for money. I guess I don't have nearly the issue with it as maybe I would with some other teammates doing it. Um, you know, I obviously from a competitive standpoint, uh, you know, I have my questions, but uh, it, knowing Nina the way I do, she's such a straight shooter and such a, a good person. It doesn't surprise me in the least that she would be more than willing to choke Amanda unconscious for money. Can't say it any differently. With you, Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren. Interesting. Oh. This oh, is the wow. fight. The fight. Yeah, the fight. Yep. I think Masvidal. Yeah, I mean, what else what can is, you say other than uh, that? Masvidal is not being given much of a chance, at least by the odds makers right now. I just I wonder how Ben Askren will do over a hard 15 minutes in the UFC. I, I couldn't have more respect for Askren. I'm so excited he's in the UFC for any number of different reasons. Obviously, he brings a lot outside the octagon, but the number one reason is to see uh, if he would be this 20-0 guy in the UFC. And obviously, his UFC debut gave you a little bit of everything, but if Masvidal can, can have Askren realize a second round, it's just going to be very interesting uh, to see how Askren deals with that and, and deals with George's ability to potentially keep the fight on the feet. How about this stat real quick? Ten of Masvidal's 13 losses come by way of decision and 50% of those decision losses were split. So, wow. I mean, for, for a lot, I mean, a lot of Masvidal's losses, one judge thought he, he won the fight. And, and that's, oh, yeah. that's saying something. 
That is saying well, something big time. that's another guy who is criminally underappreciated for his body of work. But when you have a, a knockout of Darren Till and you can parlay that with handing Ben Askren his first career loss, he can really change his whole career trajectory and just the whole big picture opinion of his career this weekend. So I'm excited to see what he can do with it, you know. But, man, I mean, not unlike Damian Maya being this one-of-a-kind type grappler, uh, Ben Askren can make for a really suffocating night at the office. So uh, we'll see. I'm excited to see Gamebred, though. He's in the shape of his life. He's not cutting weight. We'll see. We will see Luke Rockhold stepping back in. Uh, that'll be exciting in the light heavyweight division. But let's, let's talk about this one. Diego Sanchez and Michael Chiesa. I find this to be a, a fascinating fight because I think this is going to be one of Diego Sanchez's biggest tasks, although he's, that's, all his fights are big tasks for him. How do you see it, John? So I am literally sitting here watching Diego Sanchez film and doing my Sanchez fighter card as you speak. Uh, as many of your listeners may know, we do these fighter calls on Tuesday, so we're all locked in just having watched his Mickey Gall fight. And I like Diego Sanchez at welterweight. You know, he's broken off from Jackson Wink MMA, and, and had he stayed there long term, I think Greg really still likes him at 55. But I mean, there's so many amazing quotes from Diego Sanchez, but he's really, he's really one of a kind and, and such a unique individual and mentally about as tough as it gets. Certainly a grappling fight here is what a lot of fans are expecting, but doesn't always play out that way. I do think Kiesa is unorthodox and if not underrated on the feet. You know, wide betting line. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at it, Buff. Kiesa is certainly a prohibitive favorite at minus 350. Uh, right. I'd imagine betters would see value on Diego Sanchez in that plus 275 range, but it, it seems to have held. The price has held over the last few days. Yeah, fascinating fight and great way to obviously kick off the pay-per-view portion of the fight cat. And you're right about one thing. If you're a betting man and betting on fights, I think Diego Sanchez, I don't bet fights you know, like that, but the, the Diego Sanchez odds are definitely intriguing. There's no question. Um, I'll take Diego so, Sanchez to win anything. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. He's right, one of those fighters right. you have to yeah, bet right. on. It. Yeah, yeah. Tiddlywinks, Twister, uh, <laughs> Scrabble, doesn't matter. Sounds good. Gilbert Melendez walking you back in the octagon against Arnold Allen. Now, my bout sheet here, because I'm just starting my cards this afternoon, shows Sean O'Malley on the, on the bout sheet against Marlon Vera. But last week I reported that there was an issue with Sean. Is he on or off this card, John? He is not on the card. Uh, there is a replacement for Cheeto Vera, but in case I'm not at liberty to say, I won't announce it. TJ, it's probably out there at this point. But um, last no, I've heard Cheeto's is TBA. Sean O'Malley is not. Yeah, last I heard is TBA, and uh, you can always expect TBA to pull out last second. So, right, exactly. I'm with you. Okay, uh, Claudia Gadelia, Randa Marcos. Always going to be fun to watch them go at it. All the way down, Jack Marshman back in the fight. Uh, I'm just excited. I can't wait. This is UFC Fight Week. It's going to be very exciting. John, do you get there tomorrow? I get there tomorrow, my 41st birthday. I get there late at night. Uh, and, yeah, we're diving in. we got the Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Friday, which is uh, a pretty big undertaking, at least on my side of things. Uh, pre- and post-shows for ESPN+. Plus. So uh, I am in it. I'm not doing any parenting this week. Well, I do bedtime, and I do – a few other things here and there. I cook and I clean, but uh, I got to dive in, man. We got a lot going on this week. I just got to get a video of you in the apron cooking and cleaning. I think that would be great for social media, so send it apron, out. Fucking See it. Apron. I, no, apron <laughs> buff. Come on. Oh, it's a mess over here, though. It is a mess. Because I don't, John, my wife is very critical of me because I use a lot of dishes and I don't necessarily clean as I go because I've got a lot of shit going on. So it's not the most efficient operation, but as long as the kids are happy, you know, we do what we can. 
Exactly. Well, you're a great father, John. There's no question. I, I'm clo close enough to you to know that to be a fact. But you let the cat out of the bag. I was going to wait till you're about to say goodbye on the show. This is your last day of 40. Tomorrow is the oh. first day of the rest of your life at 41. Happy birthday, John Anik. I think it's awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. You know, kids make a big deal of your birthday, even when you're trying not to. Thankfully, it's always International Fight Week for me. So if you don't love your birthday and you're always working, uh, it kind of works out. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. When your birthday is July 3, you're always in the shadow of July 4th. And I would have it no other way. So uh, my kids are going to do a little something for me tonight. And then we get on a plane tomorrow. And uh, just excited to see Johnny Bones, man. Excited to see Tiago Santos. You know, I think if you had to pick a light heavyweight to beat John, um, Santos is the guy you'd probably pick if it's not one of these other up-and-coming guys. He's got a lot of dangerous weapons, and uh, if he takes some chances, maybe catches something, you just never know. That's why they play the games. And like, like John said, the only way he's going to lose this fight, in his opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, is for Santos to knock him out. So we'll see. My, my my belief is still that the most dangerous 205 pounder to John Jones is John Jones. Yes. And he's trying like, to shed yeah, well, that. Trying to shed that. So, you know. He's doing a good job. Last week he impressed me very much on the show and, and I agree. hopefully that stays consistent. He's doing a good job. Listen, a couple of sports stories before I let you go, John. I know you're taking uh fighter calls all day today. Tyler Skaggs, Los Angeles Angels pitcher, dead at 27 oh. years old, no sign of foul play. What a tragedy. Just just awful, right? And I think a lot of us were on his social media page today and, and just trying to pay our respects in our own way. Uh, oh, it's just devastating. Married guy. I don't believe he had children, but I don't know. Um, oh, man, you got your whole life ahead of you, making millions yeah. of dollars, you know. Uh, it's just, uh, man, I, I don't even know what to say. And uh, all too often in that Angels organization, they've been dealing with circumstances like this over the last couple of years. So, uh my heart goes out to, you know, his teammates and his family for sure. Absolutely. My my wishes and condolences go out to his family, his teammates, and his loved ones for sure. It's, it's not much more I can say on that just to report it. Um, not to quickly get away from that for the tragedy that it is, but um, this MMA fight that was ruled a no contest, and they label it due to Tarantino levels of blood at the cage rage. This I've never I've I've announced so many fights for so many different organizations. I've had some wild times in the old king of the cages with slippery floors and stuff, but I think this is an example of a promoter saving a few bucks on a vinyl uh, uh, mat for his cage. Am I incorrect on that? Is it? A, it's just all about it, the mat. It's one of the it's, biggest mistakes that still happens regionally. For whatever reason, a, a lot of these smaller promotions get these uh, shirt and or a uh, curtain shower, you know, shower curtain type of. Uh, uh, flooring for their mats, and I, I don't know why yeah. it hasn't been the standard just to get canvas. Maybe canvas is, uh, you know, exponentially more money. But yeah, more often than not, regionally, you you look at those uh, cage floors and, and their vinyl. Yeah, well, it's uh, Mark Goddard. As I understand, as a referee, he's allowed to do this. It's in his position, but he pretty much ended the night. So that's it. No more fighting. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and he's one of the few guys would who would have the conviction to do it, right? I haven't seen it yet, um, but I can almost assuredly stand by his decision without having seen it, right? Anything like that would freak you out, and anyone who's worked amateur shows knows that there's some variance when it comes to some of these canvases, and hopefully this will affect change because it's not like this was the smallest show in the world that right. this was happening at, so uh, we'll see if if they have something a little tighter come next uh, event. 
Speaking exactly. of blood, I remember when Fight Pass first came out and we finally got to see Jonathan Goulet versus Jay Huron, and it was a UFC bout, like one of the first fights, I think, of yeah. UFC Fight Night 2, and it, it took like a, a decade plus to see it. And then I saw it and I was like, yeah, that, that was a lot of blood. But now it seems like blood and, and the bloodiest fights are almost commonplace. But when it's a safety issue, not necessarily because of the uh, amount of blood coming from the fighters, but the fact that it's it's changing the... Uh, safety of the actual environment that they're fighting in, that's bizarre. I've right. never heard of anything like that before. Well, safety in a couple of different areas, obviously from whatever's in the blood and swimming around in the blood, but also the, the fighters slipping, blowing ACLs, not being able to plant their kicks. Yes, the fight, the, the event had to come to a stop. So Mark right. Goddard, in my opinion, made the right decision with me not even knowing or seeing the event. If, if anybody oh. wants to see some craziness when it comes to slipping and sliding, King of the Cage 6, wet and wild. Took place outside Saboba Casino, oh, and uh, no no tarp over the cage, and it it rained cats and dogs. Gee, I wonder who announced that. Uh, it would be Bruce Buffer. That's right. That's right. It was crazy that night. That was nuts, and that's why I feel for the situation. One one of the many reasons. A new era is coming into tennis, guys. I don't know if you're tennis people, whatever, but a 15 year old tennis player, Corey Coco. Golf, if I ever last name correctly, she stunned Venus Williams at Wimbledon, 15 years old, taking down the five-time Wimbledon champion. This is a new one on the block, a new hero on the way in tennis. She was seated 313th and took out Venus Williams. Nobody expected that, I'm sure. Is Venus Williams my age, a little younger than I am? How old is Venus Williams? Let's see, born 1980. Okay, so... All right, yeah, so she's 39 years old. Yeah, it's incredible, uh, or not that incredible if you live in South Florida and you see all these talented young tennis players. Even in my community buff down here, you should see this 12-year-old. She looks like she could beat me six love, six love. Uh, but, yes, absolutely, it's uh, a tremendous sport, and uh, there's a lot of rising talent from all over the world. It's a global sport in a lot of respects. So, uh, yeah, my daughters need to start tennis lessons, buff. Yeah, exactly. Come on, future uh Golden purses for the Anik family, definitely, Aha. and themselves. Yeah, I, can <laughs> I can retire. I can retire. One last story before you go, John. Are you getting the uh, scam calls of the Social Security people calling, telling you you're breaking the law, you'll be arrested unless you send in money? Well, if they're calling, I don't take those phone calls. So plausibly, I think a lot of us get a lot of calls from numbers we don't recognize, but I don't answer. The robocalls are at an all-time high right now. It's it's bonkers. Yeah. And, and the only Not reason I know that I get them is because it's the only Minnesota phone numbers I get on my phone. Everyone else yep. calls me from California, but if it's got a Minnesota 612 uh, area code, it's someone telling me that I'm breaking the law and the police are going to come arrest me. Well, uh, Columbus, Ohio, the police are warning of the Social Security financial phone scam, but it's going. I've gotten three of these calls in the last week. My mother's received two of them. I even answered one at her house the other day. It's just, this is what happens, folks. I'm going to say it again. Being a person who used to run telemarketing companies, legit telemarketing companies, but there are so many scams out there. Here is a bit of advice. Take this to the bank. Do not buy anything from an infomercial. Do not buy anything over the telephone. Well, what's Stop. weird about this, I don't know how this works or how they continue to do this, because if you talk to them long enough, they want you to pay a fine via Walmart gift cards or iTunes gift cards. It's like or, bi right. or Bitcoin. Yeah, how Bitcoin. does this work? Well, it's strangely managed. enough, 
the report is, and the Ohio people are losing, or reported losing, not losing, they're, it's their fault, but they're falling for it, anywhere from a few hundred dollars to tens of thousands of dollars. These people are making a ton of money. It's dial those numbers. Every 10 no's brings you a yes. There's a sucker born every minute. I don't mean that with total respect to everybody out there. And there's scammers that are going into business almost every minute. It's just something you have to be aware. Buyer beware. Buyer beware. So stay away. Don't order from the phone. Simple as that. John, you have calls coming in because we could keep you on for the news or you need to get back to your work. And I'm totally fine either way. I can I can I can stay until uh, until a call comes in. And I think I need to start listening to it's time every week if you're giving out advice like this. Oh, we is what we do. This is valuable advice. That's what we do. We try to educate the public on a lot. Here's another thing that just happened. It's making the news all over the place. A stowaway was on a plane in the, uh, you know, what do they call that, where the wheel goes up? Uh, you know, landing gear? Yeah, the landing gear area. Well, he fell from the plane. I guess when they opened up the landing gear, he fell into a South London garden from a Kenway Airways plane. He was a stowaway. When they went in and checked the area where he was at, they found food, they found drink and everything. He must have lost his footing. He was almost home, and then he fell out of the plane at the very last minute. That's crazy. And wow. it makes you wonder, how does he get up there? Well, that's just... Is that area pressurized? Like, how do you have oxygen throughout the entire flight up there? That's what I don't understand. I, I can't even answer that. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. It's 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 wild. I mean, I've seen it in movies. From, right. You know, different things. But that's a movie. You know, that's movies, period. But horrible, horrible. It's got to be a bit uh, cramped un, under the, the, the wheel like that. You know what I mean? I mean, you would think you would think so. You probably get the same amount of space if you pay for a Spirit Airlines. Uh, air, yeah, air I flight. knew something. I knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, a lot of state laws went into effect yesterday. I just want to give you a few of these, okay? Um, New York City is going to start enforcing its ban on single-use styrofoam containers. Guaranteed $250 fine, first offense, 500 second, $1,000 for the third. The ban is going to be enforced through health and other inspections. Get rid of the styrofoam, folks. Uh, single plastic-use straws and stirs. Now, fines are going into effect in the District of Columbia, Although businesses are allowed to keep a small stock for customers with disabilities, fines for plastic straws, $100 and $800. Now in Florida, where you live, John, a new law allows paramedics and physicians to carry guns. When responding to situations involving active shooters, hostages, and other dangerous scenarios, I have no problem with that. Um, let's see here. California. Okay, California, where we live, TJ. I hope you bought your ammunition for your guns that you have because now we're going to become the first state – and I'm okay with this, even though I collect, you know, ant antique weaponry and I have modern weapons for protection and I'm an active shooter, but I'm not a hunter. Uh, you have to now have a background check just to buy ammunition. I don't so own you, any guns anymore, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sensible le legislation. I mean, that's, I think that's what is. we've always talked about, you know, so. The, the stricter gun laws in effect, just make them national or every state has the same exact gun law. Otherwise, the federal system is failing, in my opinion. So everything has to be systematically equal across the country and as strict a law and background check as possible, but we should all have the right to bear arms. Okay, you can now get pulled over for texting, John. This is new in your state. Don't use your phone. Now the laws apply to you that's here in California. You can be pulled over for texting while driving and fined. A similar law is also being enacted in the state of Tennessee. It's going to be illegal to read, write, or send text messages while driving, record or broadcast a video while driving, or even to watch a video while driving, and on and on and on. Virginia is raising its minimum tobacco buying age from 18 to 21, unless you're in the military, and Illinois is raising the minimum age to 21 also. I have no problem with that. 
Here's an interesting one. In South Dakota, kids don't have to worry about owing the state money for the lemonade stands anymore. It dictates that children 18 and under do not have to pay sales tax when selling personal property or providing a service. They earn less than $1,000. I didn't even know they had to pay taxes on a lemonade stand, but it stands to reason. You're supposed to pay taxes on everything. Yes, you're supposed to, but right. we know everybody but tries not to. Generally, the uh, the lemonade supplies uh, cost more than the actual income and profit made, so it's a wash, you know. To me, it's all about the experience the child gets to learn the ability to sell, to communicate, you know, and many other things come of value. I, but my first job ever was a lemonade stand. I loved every second of it. Mine too, uh, and my- I never made any money. Just got a stomach ache and a sugar oh. high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John, Florida. What's wrong with your jails over there? Florida now requires jails and prisons to provide incarcerated women with health care products like soap, toothbrushes, toothpaste, and menstrual products. What the hell were they doing before this law went into effect? I don't know, but it makes me very happy to hear about texting and driving legislation because that's always been a particular passion of mine. I, I used to sign off MMA Live on ESPN for about three years saying don't text and drive and it's just I, I really one day would like to do a documentary where just me and a cameraman and driver just go around and with a you know a horn and yell at people who are texting and driving because I do believe if you confront someone on the road and obviously there are issues right because you can't put these people in a documentary without their consent but if you if you film somebody texting and driving or yell at them on the road that's an experience that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. And I do think you have to take these people out who text and drive one by one, right? Like you have to give that, like for me, I was texting and driving and I went up on a sidewalk and there were no people on the sidewalk, right? I could be in jail. You know what I mean? So, and that obviously was very powerful in my life. And I, I shake when I recount it and, um, I don't know if you guys, you know, there, I mean, when I'm with my kids, like I try to put my phone in a box in the car because, you know, there's enough distraction there. Heaven forbid you start looking at a phone, you know, not good. One time I was, I was bringing John Anik over to Bruce Buffer's house and Buffer sent me a text message and I looked at it and John said, quote, are you really going to text and drive while the don't text and drive guy is sitting in your <laughs> passenger seat? And that's the last <laughs> time I've texted and dr- driven. I promise you that. Oh, Without without voice to speech technology, yeah, and you know in reality it's just right. as dangerous of not more dangerous as being drunk and driving. It's just you're taking your eyes off the road. Oh, I think it's, it's way more dangerous to be honest. I with do you. too. I uh, do too. It's more masses. There's more people out there doing it, which makes it much more dangerous. Right. And and when people are, I'm I'm not condoning drinking and driving by any means. But when people are in in an inebriated state, which is the hardest thing to say ever, they tend to focus primarily on nothing but driving because they know that they're impaired. People are just so lazadaisical and laid yeah. back about texting that it's it's very easy to just get sucked into your own world and, and not pay attention to those around you. Yep, I agree. Revenge porn is a big problem. It's now a crime in Indiana, punish, punishable by fines or jail time. But now Indiana is allowing victims can also sue the people who share sexually explicit or intimate photos of them without their consent. Again, I don't even understand why people take pictures of themselves or guys send dick pics or whatever that all the girls talk about. It's just ridiculous. You know, don't take pictures and stuff and videos and stuff. You never know where that's going to wind up. But you, you know, know what I heard? I heard some states are actually um imposing like copyright infringement on people that disseminate you know porn revenge porn like that because technically the 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 owner of that photo owns the copyright and at bare minimum there's some legislation to uh pursue them on that makes sense 
Last thing, Georgia raised the minimum age of marriage. I didn't even wear this. You can get married in Georgia at 16, but they're raising it to 17. Um, but only if the 17-year-old is emancipated from their parents. What, what's, what does that mean? That means that basically they're separated from their parents? Uh, yeah, they, like you've taken away your parents' paternal rights. Got it. The age difference between the couple, though, cannot be more than four years. So I guess what they mean by that is at 17, you can't marry a 22-year-old. Is right. that how you interpret uh, yeah, that? Yeah, that's how I take it. Okay, makes sense. Are you guys like water slides? Do you ever go to? You take your kids to the water park, John? Yes, we have one a rock throw from my house. We go as often as we can. Okay, well they're building a eleven hundred and forty meter long water slide to open in Malaysia, and if I'm not mistaken, mistaken rather, this is like a ten minute ride. It's like crazy. They're oh all through the forest. God. How does that work? Is it like seven, 70 stories tall? Like, I don't understand that. That kind of freaks me out to be on a water slide for 10 minutes, but yeah. sounds wicked cool at the same time. Yeah, it's, I don't really know. They don't get much detail in the article that I read on. I was kind of blown away on it, but they showed a picture of the forest-type area where the water slide was going to be installed, going through all the trees. It's pretty, pretty amazing. But um, that's for the adventurous in us. If you like that, go for it. Okay, the 10 highest grossing films of all time. You might, we might be surprised by some of these. Number 10, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, released in 1937. Um, what it made before inflation was $184.9 million. What it made after inflation was $982 million on three releases. The uh -huh. ninth film, <laughs> it's crazy. The ninth film, which till to me today, now I don't know if you, you guys agree with me on this, one of the scariest films to me today, even if film has increased so well with all the TGI effects and, or CGI effects and everything that's out there, The Exorcist is still made in 1973, before inflation did $232 million, after inflation $996 million on two releases. Let me tell you a quick story. When I was a kid in 73, okay, I was 16 years old. My dad took my brother and I to see The Exorcist, a noon show. And back then we had to stand in a long line around blocks to get in the theater. I was on the edge of my seat. We were all freaked out, scared half to death by this thing because we'd never seen a movie like this. It was crazy. Nothing like this had ever been made. When her head turned around and when she vomited, I mean, I was like, oh, my God, I was losing it as a 16-year-old. We walked, we walked out of the movie and we went and my dad got a drink and, and Brian and I shared a glass of wine as we always did with our dad, you know, thanks to our dad. And then we, we had to go see Magnum Force, the Dirty Harry movie. We actually went to see Magnum Force to calm down from seeing The Exorcist. That was our Friday Daddy Day. But did you got, you guys saw The Exorcist, right? I've never seen yes, it. I've uh, never seen it. No, I have not seen it either. Wait, so you did the bang, bang. You did back-to-back uh, -back movies, one and then the other. That's incredible. Yeah, well, we used, we're movie buffs. We used to do that all the time. But, but that, it, we didn't, we, we didn't plan a second film, but we were so like, like worked up, we just wanted Shook, to go calm yeah. down, so we had to watch Clint Eastwood kill a bunch of bad guys. So well, I guess if you, TJ DeSantis and I have a date, we should watch The Exorcist together. You, you're coming watch, to Anaheim after all, you know. Let's go. Yep. Watch the unedited version, and I'm telling you, it's going to get you. That's all I'm going to say. Dr. Zhivago, another great movie, number eight. Number seven, Jaws. Of course, you would think Jaws would make it in 75, 260 million before inflation, 1.15 billion after. Big success. Ten Commandments, Titanic, number five. E.T., number four. Um, way up there, well over a billion dollars. Sound of Music. John, have your kids seen The Sound of Music? That's usually a film everybody shows their kids. Yep. Or am I? Yes. Okay, they cool. Have. Great movie. Star Wars, number two. Number one, still the classic. Again, you may not have seen this. I saw it. It's one of the greatest movies of all time, made in 1939, called Gone with the Wind with Clark Gable. Um, Man, that, I, don't, I don't think I've seen one of those movies. 
Well, these are, I'm not saying they're all, in my opinion, the greatest to see. There are a number of these are great movies, though. But uh, definitely check it out. I would say your, your target out of all these is, of course, The Exorcist. I would love to hear your guys' take on that. So we'll see. A little collectible talk, and then we're going to sign off. This is interesting. NASA sold moon landing footage to an intern for $218 back in 1969. Okay? They didn't bother to get the videotapes back, which are three surviving videotapes of this important moment in space exploration, and they're up for auction. The starting bid is $700,000, but they figure the tapes are worth up to $2 million. So this person has got a definite ROI return on investment from $218 to millions and millions of dollars. That's crazy, isn't it? How does Eddie Bravo feel about it? Sounds like a conspiracy to me. Yeah, of course. Everything is a conspiracy. TJ, we talked about that long-lost medieval chess piece that was going up for auction uh, a few shows ago. John, somebody in their closet found something. It turned out to be a medieval uh, chess piece, right, dating back. um, Let's see if I can get the date on this. Well, medieval. We can all figure that out. Okay. So he purchased it for $6, five pounds, right? It's part of the Lewis Chessman set. And basically, this most famous chess piece in the world sold just last week for $929,000. Another not a bad return. Three and a half inches tall. Isn't that crazy? $929,000. That's just crazy. Really crazy. John, it's your birthday. Tomorrow's an important day. What do you do for your birthday? You're celebrating tonight before you go. What does John Anik do for his birthday? Well, to be honest with you, because of the way the UFC schedule is, that our biggest week traditionally is this one. And I got the Hall of Fame and a live event. Not too much that isn't UFC related, but I'll have dinner with my kids and uh, I will celebrate. Hopefully they got me some scratch tickets or a lottery ticket. I say, please don't buy me any gifts. You can just get me a scratch ticket if you really want to get me something because, of course, then I have an opportunity to win. Get me a T-shirt. Can't really win anything. So, uh, But it'll be fun, and uh, I'm just excited to get to Vegas. You know, it's a busy stretch, and uh, this is the big show in this stretch. So uh, I'm like Johnny Bones. I, I literally cannot wait to get to Vegas. Well, you have so many things to do this weekend. It's probably a birthday gift in itself. You're going to be first and foremost out front. Have a great time. Hopefully we get together, have a good drink, and enjoy ourselves. I'll celebrate your birthday tonight I'm uh, with my boy Rupert. I'm taking him to see the new Spider-Man movie. Then we're going for a little nice. dinner afterwards, and we'll have a little Coke. I'd rather he'll have his Coca-Cola. I'll have my glass of wine, and we'll do a toast to John <laughs> Attic. Definitely. Thank you. John, or have a little liquor for, for Tyler Skaggs while you're at it. I, I will do that too, my friend. I promise you. So, John, I just want to say it has been wonderful getting to know you. It has been amazing traveling the world, the road warriors and UFC road warriors that we are. But the bond and the friendship that we created as we have with other people on the road that we work with, I value very highly. I consider you a very close friend. Love you like a brother. And your family is wonderful. And I just wish you the best, John. Happy birthday, my friend. Seriously. You're choking me up, buddy. Thank you so much. I love you too, bud. And uh, you're right, man. We get so close with a lot of guys with this traveling road show. They really become some of your closest friends. And uh, you're at the top of the list for me, buddy. So uh, I look forward to seeing you in Vegas. And uh, I will talk to you in a few days, I'm sure. TJ, my man, you take care of yourself. One last thing. Thank you, John. One last thing real quick. We forgot. TJ, Hmm. we all got together after the show last week and we played Whirly Ball (laughs) in Minnesota. 
We had a great time. I've never played this before. John's fantastic at it. Our 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 uh, producer uh, Zach Candido was amazing at it. I was my first time out. I scored the first goal of the game, and then I just did the best I could to play defense. I think I scored a couple more times. Not the greatest at it yet, but I'm willing to get better at it. But John, that was so much fun. So much. Hopefully, fun. your listeners will Google Whirly Ball. You're basically in a bumper car with like a lacrosse paddle thing, trying to throw a wiffle ball at a target. It's five on five. It's very fun and competitive. And TJ, if you could have seen Buff in his element, I'm so glad he took me up on the invitation because I, you were just laughing and smiling and enjoying it uh, every step of the way, and it made me happy to see you that happy, enjoying yourself. And and dude, you got a shot, man. You know, shoot or shoot. Yep, exactly. But like I said, if Zach would pass to me in the hole, I'll get a couple more. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. You 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 were great. You were awesome. All right, everybody. John, anything to tell the audience before you go? Where to, where to get a hold of you on Twitter and Instagram, please? It is uh, J-O-N underscore A-N-I-K, and you can listen to the Anakin Florian podcast weekly on iTunes and everywhere else. Ken Flo went 6-0 and on his UFC Minneapolis picks, so uh, comprehensive preview of UFC 239 over there, and we would love your support for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony this Friday night. You can watch it on UFC Fight Pass or on ESPN+. Plus. It will be live at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 in the West. The class headline by Michael Bisping. Awesome. Check it out, folks. John Anik, commentator extraordinaire, the consummate professional. And that's just my opinion, but the opinion of everybody I know that works with John. Uh-huh. Everybody, we'll it, buddy. you got it, John. Thanks for coming on the show. Stay with us. I'll close out the show, um, and I'll see you on Friday or I'll see you on Saturday, depending on the schedule works, because on Friday I am appearing over at Blondie's, which is over at Planet Hollywood, with Cowboy Cerrone, who will be signing from 5 to 6.30 his MMA bobbleheads. I will be signing MMA bobbleheads, which will be sold. Plus, with each bobblehead, you will get one of my handheld Octagon fight cards with a signature and sign. So we're going to do all this. Cerrone's foundation, he's donating all his funds to. This is a big night. If you want to come down, there's only 100 tickets available, and I think it's almost sold out. So again, that's at Blondie's Friday night. 5 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. Come meet us and party with Donald Cerrone, the cowboy, and with yours truly, Bruce Buffer. TJ, anything to tell the audience before I sign off? No, that's it. Uh, I know it's John Anik's birthday tomorrow, but it's my uh, wife and I's ninth wedding anniversary as well, so happy anniversary to her. Wow, wow. wow. Congratulations, TJ. Congratulations. It's awesome. We did it. Awesome. You did it, and you got to still keep doing it, but you did it. Apparently. Apparently we got to keep going. (laughs) At least twice a week, please. I heard that. I've heard all the stories about married couples. Anyway, um, thank you for sending in your voiceover and your video requests. We are inundated here at Buffer Enterprises, and we are getting those things filmed and out to you all in time for your special events. Just go to BruceBuffer.com for orders. Any event, I'm there to serve you. Your wish is my command. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Treat everybody around you with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set down, set your goals, learn about them before you set on that path. And when you do set on that path to fulfill your goals, be the best you can be. Because if you're that, then you're winning, no matter how great the accomplishment. Just do the best you can, and that's all anybody can ask for. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a great guest. I'll see you from the Octagon Saturday night. Take care, everybody. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com Teams.